Hey everybody, Brad here. So, after week two, we should have a pretty good handle on the NFL season here, but so many injuries. In fact, there are so many injuries, I don't even want to get into all of them. You likely looked over your roster, you've dumped whoever you needed to, people are on IR, left and right, it was kind of rough, Um, but... I don't think it was all that unexpected. I mean, lots of people this year were talking about how we were going to see more injuries because the lack of prep time. I mean, just the the players' preparation for the season was so different than what we normally have. I mean, the, the lack of contact days, the lack of camps and things like that. And unfortunately, you're, I, that's what I'm going to attribute a lot of these injuries to. Uh, some of these things are just fluke things. I mean, they didn't happen. But my goodness, last week was rough. So um, it was unique, though, to see that we we didn't have a whole lot of people just pouring themselves over the uh, the waiver wire. Um, we'll get into the waiver wire a little bit later. But uh, I was expecting to see just a ton of action and things like that from our group, but not really. Uh, everybody's kind of standing pat with what they've got which is kind of uh unique so but anyway we're gonna go straight into um our best bets for the week uh got some feedback uh thank you guys got some feedback from uh, a handful of listeners here and they like this segment which i mean awesome thanks it's great i'm glad you guys are listening um so with the gambling part, um, what's kind of fun is, uh, so we made our own power ratings uh, at the beginning of the year, and we've kind of tweaked them each week. Uh, I didn't want to make a huge jump from week one to week two. I've made a couple of slight changes even into week three. There's some teams that ended up being way worse than expected. I mean, the New York Jets, oh my God, I don't think you can get any worse than that. Whereas I thought that the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't going to try this year. I, I was pretty certain the the Jags were all in on a, the first round or first overall pick, and, uh, and it's not looking that way. In fact, uh, right now, I mean, it, it's a, it's a two-team race, in my opinion, for a worse record. I mean, Washington is very bad, very bad. But the New York Jets aren't that far behind. Uh, I really think that uh, there's a chance here that at the end of the year, the team with the worst record will be a team that's not looking for a quarterback, which is pretty wild to think, considering how many people uh, were supposed to be tanking for Trevor. Uh, but who knows? So um, now with my power ratings, you know, and, and tweaking stuff like that, like I've dropped the Jets, but I mean, how does that help us? Well, you you take my, the difference between the two and you try to make a bet, but there are some teams that I just can't bet on. Like I just I don't I don't know enough about them. For instance, uh, San Francisco Forty ers at New York Giants, and the Giants are getting four points at home, and San Francisco's a wreck. I mean they they have their starting quarterback, two starting running backs starting linemen, starting defensive secondary, 2D linemen, like, you name it, they're hurt. So, I mean, I don't even know who's going to show up to play this game. New York Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, which, I mean, is there anybody else in New York that you wanted to give the ball to? Uh, I I don't know a whole lot about um, 
their first year coach. And so I wish, I wish that, um, you know, I felt confident that uh, Danny Dimes would be throwing the ball more and things like that, but I don't. I don't know. I know that uh, the Saquon's backup was uh, supposed to be a huge target in, uh, in the waiver wire thing, and I don't even believe anybody picked him up. But that's how kind of rough New York is. So my power rating there, I've pretty much just frozen San Francisco because I, I don't even know what to do with their backups. Now, with that said, uh, I've got a handful of games here, though, that I did like um, and I thought I would like you know, some overreactions from the first week. But what was really cool, and I know it sounds dumb, but it made me feel so good that my power rating rating landed right on the number that Vegas was given out. I mean, like, I had it exactly the same way that they did. So, I mean, it made me feel good, but it doesn't offer in me any value. I mean, it's not like I have one team better than the other because of this, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, for instance, one of those games, uh, I was uh, really wanting to take the Cleveland Browns this week. And I know, Cleveland Browns, but yeah, like the Browns had an extra, you know, extra rest playing on Thursday the week before, and they're playing the Washington football team who just looked awful again the other day. Uh, I, I don't think... Uh, they have found their quarterback for the future. Uh, the, their running game is, I mean, average at best. Their their defensive line is phenomenal, but uh, I just they they don't do enough on offense to really keep themselves in games and keep the D off the field. And so, uh, I right now have uh, Washington as one of the worst teams that I have them a minus six and a half uh, against an average team. And average team is pretty much Cleveland. However, that's the number. I mean, it follows, it hits it right on the nose. So uh, I, I'm not comfortable laying seven with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I, I just, I don't know what I'm going to get. Baker Mayfield is, is a psycho. And so, like, I have no idea. And so that kind of feels good that I have Washington and Cleveland kind of pegged where Vegas has them potentially especially against each other. But it kind of sucks here because, I mean, uh, had they made this any other number, you know, 10 or 9 even, I could have gone in on Washington or, or the, you know, a short uh, a fave. Uh, I, I could have gone in on Cleveland. Like, I can't, I can't pick a side here. So, like I said, like, it's kind of neat in that we have numbers this week that I have the same rating, but at the same time, Ugh, like a lot of these things I was waiting on, I can't pull the trigger on because I just, I don't know what to do with it. So, and then some I wussed out on, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the game that's playing currently, uh, Miami and Jacksonville, I had Jacksonville super low rating on them. And uh, in this game, I probably would have made Miami, uh, oh man, Miami would have been a favorite in my opinion and, and my, my power ratings and they were catching three points because of some injuries last week. And I mean, they're currently winning the game right now. Uh, but yeah, I was too big of a wuss to do any of those. Any team that had some significant injuries, I, I, I kind of steered away from them. Um, but with that said, what's the, my, my favorite pick of this week, uh, give you four, I'm going to give you more than four downs this week. I'm going to give you a couple of 
couple of bonus picks here, but my my favorite one, uh, I like taking New England minus six against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Las Vegas covered for us huge last week. I mean, I thought they'd cover the seven. I did not think that they were going to win, but dang, first game, new stadium, no fans, but new stadium. Everything's looking fantastic, right? And they, I mean, really played a solid game. Now, if you watched it, uh, the opening drive for New Orleans, holy cow, that was one chunk play after the other, and I was concerned. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought not only was it there is going to be a blowout, but I, I didn't even think I was going to be able to stay awake all night to watch it. Like I thought it was going to be an early bedtime type thing. So. Uh, but man, they covered, right? And it was emotional. You should have seen the, the locker room after the game. Everybody's excited, stuff like that. You know, it's really tough coming back to work that week after a big emotional win. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, letdowns happen. And this is a prime Vegas letdown spot. Now, on the flip side of that, you'd think, well, Brad, the New England just lost an emotional game right in Seattle. They lost final play of the game. Cam Newton gets stopped on the goal line. It's his, you know, it great game, but oh, they they come up short. Bill Belichick, crazy enough, has won almost 70%, 70% of his games following a loss. Better yet, he covers the vast majority of those games. And so uh, it's it's almost a no-brainer based on just like past experience and history. You got to go New England here. Bill Belichick's going to rally the troops and things like that. Vegas is going to come in slightly flat. It's just six points. I, I feel pretty good about it. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite one. Uh, outside of that, uh, second uh, down is... I'm taking Buffalo, and they're giving two and a half points to the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the L.A. Rams have been uh, tremendous this first little go here. I mean, wow, uh, who would have predicted this, right? Uh, now, in the beginning, uh, we had the Rams not crazy highly rated. I had them as about as average of a team as you could get. I eventually bumped them up uh, a couple of points here. But even then, uh, they're against Buffalo. I've I've moved Buffalo up as we've gone. Um, they have played that sort of like fast-paced O type thing, and I, I say fast-paced not in that the the rate of plays being run are fast, but when you watch Buffalo play, uh, Josh Allen running all over the place, running backs running all over the place receivers very athletic very talented running all over the place it just seems like there's so much space out there I mean it it just seems like they've got teams on their heels and I know Buffalo hasn't played the most daunting of schedules yet but they've played fully healthy teams whereas if you look at the Los Angeles Rams thus far They've they've won games against uh, you know teams that you know are, are struggling. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the week one, everybody was crazy excited for this game. But I mean, let's face it, they they lost D lineman, they lost their starting middle linebacker. I mean, it's not the same. So 
I have a feeling that uh, people are starting to sort of overrate uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they're, they're starting to give them a little too much credit, potentially. Uh, and then here's another, uh, I don't know, sort of goofy thought. But uh, I did read this week that Los Angeles, uh, they wanted to stay out east. They 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 had a game uh, in the East Coast last week. They wanted to find a place where they can practice and stay and things like that. But because of COVID, they weren't able to. So they were forced to travel back to L.A. So they went East Coast, back to West Coast, and now they're coming back East Coast again. That's a lot of travel, and that travel kind of wears on people, and it's not an ideal situation. So I feel like... Um, Buffalo, Buffalo right now, I feel like that's a that's a playoff team and that those guys are going to be able to cover uh you know they they'll win this game by a field goal at least and uh and everybody's happy. So uh we went Buffalo with our second down pick, third down. Uh I said I wasn't going to go heavy on these hurt teams, but if you've watched the Minnesota Vikings, they're like a shell of themselves. Uh, they, a team that was predicated on playing good defense and running the ball just right now can't play good defense. They just don't have the secondary pieces to be able to hold up. Their best defensive lineman uh, is out uh, still with a neck injury, and it's, it just doesn't look like the kind of football that they want to play. The Minnesota is taking on Tennessee Tennessee's giving up two and a half points here. I just I have this feeling that the the Titans are going to be able to control this game. They're going to be able to keep the ball. Uh, right now, if you force uh, Minnesota to make any sort of comeback attempt, if Minnesota gets behind and needs to kind of rally, I mean, it just isn't happening. They just don't have those pieces. That's not how they're built. And so uh, I feel I feel good about Tennessee laying the points here. I think they're going to keep it rolling. Now, after those three, it got a little little bit more dicey. Uh, I felt pretty good about those three. I still feel pretty good about those three. I still feel like you can find those numbers out there. Those things haven't changed a whole lot. So everything should be gold there. The next few, though, are a little like, eh. These are ones that I just feel good about. But uh, I'm going to tell you about a trend here. That just doesn't go my way, okay? So thus far in the history of people keeping track of this with the NFL, if you are an 0-2 team and in that 0-2 you have failed to cover, the likelihood that not only you cover week three but that you win the game is in the upper 60, the low 70%. I mean, like... A huge number of teams, because they're 0-2, win this third week. Now, a lot of this is because I, sometimes two open teams play each other and, you know, somebody's got to win, and that happens. But a lot of times, we the matchup just seems to fit. Uh, case in point, Houston has played arguably the two best teams in football to start the year. So, I mean, Houston losing to losing to Kansas City, Houston losing to Baltimore. I mean, how much can you punish these guys? Well, in my opinion, they're about to play, I think, the 
fifth best team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so Houston going to Pittsburgh, they're catching four points. I think Pittsburgh covers here. Uh, And I know this is going to sound crazy. And most people are like, come on, man. Like Pittsburgh hadn't even been playing that well. Well, Mike Tomlin isn't a let's play well coach. Mike Tomlin is a, oh, look who's coming. Let's get all rah-rah and play good. Mike, Mike Tomlin is a cheerleader, a fantastic cheerleader at that. If they're playing a game and they're, they're an underdog or something like that, by all means, get all crazy with these Steelers. But if they're a, I don't know, a road favorite, oh, especially a big one, they're more likely to lose the game than they are to cover. But in this instance, they haven't played well yet. They're about to see Deshaun Watson. This is a, a premier athlete. This is a so former playoff team. I think Tomlin is going to start to kind of build some momentum, especially heading into uh, playing some of their division opponents. And so I, I see this as one of those rah-rah moments for him. So that's why I like Pittsburgh. Uh, I also like Pittsburgh for the simple fact that Deshaun Watson is horribly well-known for holding on to the ball too long. It takes too many sacks. And anybody can get to the quarterback. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their first few games, their defensive line have just been swarming to the ball, and it looks fantastic. I mean, the Pittsburgh defense of old is, might be in a way kind of there. And I mean, I say kind of because I love Dick LeBeau. That man was uh, a god. And so I, I hate the fact that Pittsburgh got rid of him. He should be the head coach of the Steelers right now. But anyhow, um, their D is good enough to win this game alone. And so I, I feel as though Houston, they just won't be able to travel uh, especially in their first like real sort of like distance type travel thing. I know the the Baltimore travel was meh because uh, Baltimore went to Houston, they went to Kansas City. So I mean, it, it's not it's not a ton, but going from the deep south to the north, it's a little bit more difficult for them. There could be some weather in this game. I just I feel like Pittsburgh is in a good spot here. Uh, and then the last one I have, uh, another, uh, now I say that Pittsburgh could totally lay an egg and Houston can win. So, I mean, this is why I'm, I'm really sketchy on this. I mean, in all these spots where I felt like Tomlin should have his people ready, uh, he hasn't. And Big Ben is, uh, oh man, Big Ben is in the same boat right now, unfortunately, as Drew Brees. Like just the fact that he might be washed is is alive and well i mean like he could be playing his last year i mean that's just how shaky it all this stuff looks i mean when you let go of the ball and there's just no life behind it you know so you see some of these quarterbacks man they throw the ball and it has such a zip you know it seems to speed up as it's getting there that's that's not big ben right now that's that's not drew Brees right now um, and I haven't seen a ton of shots down the field uh, with the Steelers. I want to see more. I want to see, you know, I, I watched the, the highlights of them playing Denver last week uh, several times, and I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm worried. 
And so the only way that uh, Houston can come down there and cover this game is if we actually do have something wrong with uh, the Steelers quarterback and uh, we aren't able to distribute the ball the way that we need to. And, and so, you know, that's, there's a chance there. It's a, it's a possibility. Now, anyway, uh, to my, my last sort of real game that I picked here, um, not super pumped about it because you hate to go to a team as often I, as I have with this. But, yeah, I'm going to bet Arizona for a third week in a row. They're playing the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions secondary is banged up. The Detroit Lions secondary likes to play man. Now, man coverage with uh, a stout D-line is how a lot of people have tried to defeat the air raid. If you have secondary people that can match up with their wideouts just as well and you can rush the passer and get pressure with four or three and not have to get people out of coverage, then, I mean, yeah, that that's a thing. I mean, watch, uh, watch those... I can't believe Stanford just beat Oregon games or uh, watch essentially any Iowa State defense game with that that 3-5-3 that they use. Uh, so, I mean, like, there are some, some issues here that could be in favor of the Lions if they were completely healthy. But I just don't think that they have the D-line right now to be able to generate pressure without... Uh, having to stun people and things like that. I also don't know if they can match up with all the receivers that Arizona has. Arizona has so many just good-looking athletes on the field. And with the simple fact that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers just torched the Lions uh, a week ago, who's to say that maybe a better quarterback in Kyler Murray couldn't do the same now i will say i wasn't super uh impressed with the final score of the the packers lions i mean if you watch that game uh the lions essentially gifted a score right before half uh with three penalties like seemingly in a row get the packers to score and then they miss a field goal right before half to tie it so i mean they it's 14 17 uh, at the half but it very well could have been 17 17 or even better uh and then they just flat out laid an egg after that too many uh bad sacks in their own end they lost the field position battle terribly uh they lost the football i mean just turnovers it, it wasn't good it was not good and so because of this, um, I'm just, I don't know, I, I, I feel as though this is, if there ever was, a rallying moment for the Lions to lackluster performances uh, going into Arizona in a place that's not supposed to be great, like, who knows? And I say not supposed to be great, I'm saying like traditionally not supposed to be great because I'm pretty high on Arizona this year. I've watched way too many Cardinals games already. So I've got Arizona being able to cover the five and a half. So that's a whopping, what, five games here? Um, way different 
because I I, th- I thought I was going to be struggling to find four, and for the most part, I have. Uh, but I like the odd number. I mean, it gives us a better chance of to end in the green. I mean, last week wasn't great. We finished uh, three wins, two losses, but it's still going to give you a little plus sign. So if we can get four, uh, four out of five here, man, you might be able to, you know, I don't know, buy a cheeseburger on the way home or something. So, um, oh, and I have been getting out a, a college game. Dude, don't bet on college covid and and people being out and stuff like that it's terrible but uh i'm actually really interested in watching iowa state this upcoming saturday uh they are notorious for playing down to their their opponent like they they struggle with bad teams in the beginning of the year all the time uh they're not bad they returned a ton of production both offensively and defensively uh, they're they're giving up uh, two and a half this weekend. Just, I mean, let's let's have a little bit of faith. Go with Iowa State if you had to make a bet on Saturday, but don't do it. <laughs> don't bet on college football. So now let's uh let's transition into our league and fantasy football time. So fantasy football. Quickly, gonna go over the the trends here. We don't have a ton of like movement this week. Uh. Um, people are starting to sort of, you know, manipulate here and there. We we still have a, a couple of people moving up, but they're in about the same spots that they've always been. So I mean, not a whole lot of like changes, which is unique because I thought, you know, this was going to be changing in a day to day thing, not at all. However, uh, I moved up to sixth. Oh. And that's about it. That's, that's, wow, that's it. So they still have got uh, the Gray Fox as your winner over uh, the Pandaville Pork Swords and what could be uh, an extremely high-scoring uh, championship game. How high-scoring? Give you an idea of just overall standings right now. Nobody has scored more points than Gray Fox. 385 points. In two games. That is fantastic. Uh, you should also note that Gray Fox has also made a ton of moves. I mean, the, the transaction counter already made 10 moves. So, I mean, they're working the wire. They're trying to, to win this year. They're trying to get some stuff. Now, uh, the next best team would be old Dan with 322. So, uh, Gray Fox has scored 60 points more than the next best team. I mean, just let that soak in. And now that it's soaked in, uh, I'm actually prepping myself for the eventual trip to Chicago uh, with or without a trophy uh, to celebrate Gray Fox's probable uh, fantasy football championship. So I've been prepping so much, though, that I've decided each week I'm going to give you a food recommendation. And I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Pequod's Pizza? Yeah, I know everybody's all into, like, the Chicago, like, thick-style crust pizza, you know, the deep dish and stuff. But I'm here to tell you, I am not a fan of the deep dish pizza. And I know everybody's going to be like, oh, no, you got to go to... No, don't. Don't go there. That pizza's garbage. It's it's just like a chunk of cheese. It sits in your gut all day. I can only have one piece, and I feel like crap. Forget that. We're going to Bequad's. As soon as I get there, early lunch, like not brunch, 
after brunch, early lunch. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful looking pizza. I mean, so many more people that live in Chicago supposedly like this pizza. And it's got this like doughy sort of like thing. It looks a little burnt, you know, like uh, they, they kind of like char and caramelize this, this cheese that's baked on the outside. And uh, it's just got, you know, all these spices and pepperoni. I'm getting pepperoni. I mean, uh, I'll probably get whatever the other thing is, but I'm getting pepperoni and it's just going to be fantastic. So Paquad's Pizza, if you happen to join me for this uh, eventual Gray Fox Fantasy Football Championship, I mean, like, you know, hey, early lunch, we got one. This is going to be delicious. Now, looking at uh, the recent activity in our waiver wire like i said there's not a whole lot of movement here uh, you know the backwoods bastards have made a couple of moves here they've tried to pick up Corey davis uh they took gardner Minshew and dropped matthew stafford they're apparently off the lion's train here but there's not a ton of like oh my gosh that guy like uh, there's a ton of just sort of like standard regular old people uh i have to say this but i think my favorite overall pickup would be gray fox got antoine winfield jr uh that's going to be the safety for tampa bay and man wonderful find i didn't even know he was available so fantastic stuff now looking at this week's games we've got a couple that have already obviously uh, kicked off and moved and things like that uh, with, with Thursday Night Football going on right now. Uh, Gardner Minshew just threw a big time bomb of an incompletion. So, I mean, like, I don't know. They're, they're, they're going back and forth here pretty good. Uh, the Dolphins are, are winning, and I'm kicking myself for not picking the Dolphins in some sort of bet uh, when my power ratings told me I should. But anyhow, this week, battle hardened. Eastside Panel Cartel. Uh, Eastside Panel Cartel, for the first time this year, is projected to have over 100, and, or he's out of the 120s. We're, we're at a projection total of 130. It's still not good. But they're making some moves. They're trying. Uh, their receiving core is all that like low-tier type stuff. So what are you going to do? Uh, the only scary thing about Fleming Battle Harden is the fact that his starting quarterback happens to be Lamar Jackson. They're playing Kansas City this week, and I feel like that's going to be just an awesome shootout. Uh, the, you know, I think the over-under is like 53 right now, and if it stays there, I mean, you should totally shoot on the over. I mean, there could be just a ridiculous number of points scored back and forth. Kansas City is way better at the, you know, we force the issue, throw the ball around than just about anybody out there. Um, Baltimore's not going to sit on it and, and play keep away. Uh, they're confident in their run game. And I think, uh, I think unfortunately, uh, the quarterback here might score just a ridiculous amount of points. So I know uh, as of right now, we've got a 10-point favorite for ESPC, but... I don't think that one's going to last and likely going to be a loser. Next game, we've got perennial losers. Speaking of losers, uh, projected 97 and uh, Team Ramrod 
champion looking at 139. So, I mean, that's that looks lopsided and quick. So, moving on to the next one. Van Buren boys and Backwoods Bastards. Now, we've got another close one. Uh, Van Buren boys looking to, at a 10-point advantage at right now. Uh, 129.9 to 119.9. Um, that's kind of exciting. Uh, one thing that we ultimately backwards bastards are probably looking at right now is just the simple fact that they started Gardner Minshew and Gardner Minshew unfortunately right now is 7 to 21 for 71 yards giving him a whopping three points on the flip side Van Buren boys got Danger Wilson now, I will say Russell Wilson is going up against Dallas, and that one almost made my, my card for this week in terms of betting uh, just because it's a, it's a perfect buy low on Dallas moment here. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're getting four and a half, which is a lot, and uh, our power ratings actually have this game extremely close. Uh, I At the beginning of the year, would have had Dallas as a one-point favorite. Now, they haven't looked good, obviously, but... Uh, Man, after a big emotional win for Seattle, it'd be really easy to see them lay an egg against Dallas. So with that being said, I kind of feel like this would be close. And this is a really cool matchup going back and forth. I mean, Melvin Gordon, Denver running back for uh, the Backwoods Bastards, is going to get more carries as they're starting their backup quarterback this week. So Melvin Gordon should put up big, big numbers. On the flip side... Uh, you've got Tyreek Hill for for the Van Buren boys. And Tyreek Hill, Kansas City, Kansas City is going to get a ton of opportunities to score a bunch of points. So, I mean, as you, like, move down the roster in the list here, I mean, it's pretty easy. that Each side has a something, has a person, has a, you know what I mean, a counterpoint here. And uh, this this one, this might be our closest fantasy matchup of the whole week. Um, right now it's projected a 10-point win for uh, the Van Buren boys, but uh, easily could be a, a four- or five-point win for either side. Uh, moving along here, Team Dunheasel uh, got three people in the game tonight. Team Dunheasel uh, started Mike Gusecki, tied in for the Dolphins, who caught a touchdown pass just earlier. Uh, he's taking on uh, old Dan here. And this is kind of unique. So Team Dunheasel, 0-2 currently against Dan, 2-0. But the projection totals four-point difference. Old Dan looking at 137. Team Dunheasel, as we speak right now, 133. And that's just Super cool for old Dunheasel. Totally went with the, the youth movement and things of that sort. Now, Dan is going to be starting Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan has been his sort of like go-to guy. He's always had a very solid team. Uh, but Matt Ryan was that one piece that he had been missing. He he needed the quarterback to kind of blow up, right? Now, I don't think Matt Ryan is the best starter for him in this game. He's got Aaron Rodgers on the bench, and he's got Joe Burrow on the bench. Joe Burrow is going to be playing at Philadelphia. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing at New Orleans. I'm not so sure 
that you shouldn't just go ahead and roll with Joe Burrow here. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I just feel like Cincinnati is going to go down quickly to Philadelphia in Philadelphia, and he's just going to have that many more pass attempts. Uh, I don't like Green Bay's chances uh, at New Orleans this week. Um, I feel as though New Orleans is going to have a big bounce back. Um, it looks like Green Bay is a fantastic team, but it's hard to tell because they played a banged-up Minnesota team that's totally depleted, and they played a uh, one starter left alive in uh, the Detroit secondary-type team. So, I mean, they, they put up a bunch of points against two teams that you know are barely fielding an NFL defense. So I, I think he's going to have troubles this week, but I don't know. I mean... Uh, it, it's one of those where, you know, if you're looking for the shootout, I think points will be scored in that game. I'm just not, I just don't feel great about Matt Ryan against the Bears and the Bears' rush defense. The, the Bears right now are once again back to having to win games on defense. They're back, and I think they they sense it. I think they realize it. And you just saw... A great effort last week, uh, you know them beating a, a really bad Giants team, but they didn't win that game because of the offense. There were multiple times there where they've got you know a great field position, caused a turnover, something happened. They're they're in Giant territory, and like I don't know, I feel like every Bears fan is crossing their fingers hoping we get a field goal. So. I don't know. I'm just saying with a score this close, you know, and this is very, very close, he, old Dan, might want to consider who he's going to play at quarterback because that's likely the game changer of this whole thing because Team Dunheasel in the youth movement is actually looking pretty cool. And then uh, our last game of the week, it's the best game of the week. It's the two best teams in our league. Pandaville Pork Swords currently 1-1 one one against the 2-0 Gray Fox. Pandaville Pork Swords, a projected 141 score. And then Gray Fox, a projected 152 score. It's, it's fantastic. Both people have a, a player in this game uh Robinson right now for Gray Fox already has 11 points. Uh he's doing fantastic. James Robinson uh is a running back for the Jaguars and it's just it's a it's a well-built team on both sides. And I don't know. I mean right now it looks like Gray Fox is going to be able to pull this out. But, I mean, just going back and forth with it, it's Deshaun Watson against Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes going to be in a shootout. I don't think Deshaun Watson's chances in Pittsburgh are great. So, I mean, that you know, plus one for uh, Gray Fox here. Uh, unfortunately, Pandaville Pork Swords has George Kittle in their lineup. Uh, that guy's hurt. He's definitely not playing. So, I mean, there's uh, against Travis Kelsey. The, so there's another, you know, uh, advantage point for Gray Fox. You've got Ezekiel Elliott against Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry against Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, these are all top 20, top 15 
players on both sides of this team. This is this is this is high level stuff here, and so uh, and it's a little. I mean, it's a little tough. Uh, I guess the other really bad uh, or negative here for the old um, pork swords, Michael Thomas, is uh, his best receiver, and he's still questionable. Uh, so I mean, can can the pork swords sort of overcome these early injuries? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there, there's a good chance pork swords can limp into the playoffs and still make a ton of noise just based on its roster construction and things like that. But this week it looks like uh, Gray Fox is going to run away with another one and will be that much closer to Paquad's Pizza. So I hope you guys got some uh, some info. I hope you got a little uh, you know, something you can, I don't know, share at work tomorrow or something like that, some sort of tasty little little nugget of uh, of knowledge here. I uh, hope everybody's well. I hope you enjoy the football this weekend. It's going to be wonderful again. Any weekend there's football is a good weekend. Take it easy.